Welcome back, wrestling fans, to the Mount Rushmore Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we are... Is this episode 28 or 29? I think this might be... This might be... Tw- I think it's 29. This might be 29 or 30. I think it's 29. But welcome back. We are here uh, on the... Uh, right before a couple hours, usually before Monday Night Raw, so... We are getting ready for this evening. Uh, we're coming off a fantastic pay-per-view. Uh, congratulations to Chris bringing home a perfect card in the game this weekend. Uh, so shout out to him for winning and also having a perfect card. That doesn't happen often, so that's definitely something to brag about. Uh, just a few things before we get into... Well, how are you guys doing before I even get into anything? How is everybody? A little tired. A little tired today. But, uh, I mean, we had a long weekend. Backlash was a fantastic pay-per-view. I was lucky enough to wake up early enough Sunday morning to watch it because I couldn't watch it live Saturday. And I was extremely impressed, so I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, um, just watching that pay-per-view and just the excitement of, like, the crowd, that was, like, a whole new level of energy. Like, the international crowd just bring that extra spark that, like, you absolutely appreciate as a wrestling fan. And then Monday Night Rock in a couple hours. Looking forward to how the tournaments are going to play out and should be a good show tonight. Yeah, so uh, Sean Manchin will talk about probably all episode is, is the crowd. Uh, I did just see a, a tweet not 10 minutes ago that they're hoping, a lot of talent is hoping that Puerto Rico is the home for Backlash. That's not going to happen, I don't think. But uh, I do hope they don't wait like 18 years, however long years they, they waited. They waited. I think it was 18 years because it was 2005 when they last had an event there. So hopefully they uh, go back a little sooner than then because the crowd was wild. Um, other things. So I was on the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling podcast uh, this this past weekend. Uh, we filmed on Friday, but it came out on Sunday. Uh, so if you want to take a look, it's on our Twitter. I will pin it to our Twitter today. Uh, good to know, get to know the guys. Uh, Graham and Matt are pretty fantastic hosts. Uh, they'll be coming on the Mount Rushmore Wrestling Podcast May 22nd, so probably our 20, May 23rd episode. Um, so it was a lot of fun. We talked a lot about wrestling, talked about some sports, uh, some entertaining things. So it's nice to kind of mingle and get to know folks in the podcasting community. They've been at this for five years, so we have a lot of uh, notes to take um, in terms of uh, longevity-wise. But uh, yeah, no, it was a super lot of fun and uh Hope to do it again, and, and you know, uh, what I like to do is if we are a guest somewhere, just make sure to shout them out. So follow them on Twitter. I believe it's Good Good Cop Bad Wrestle or Bad Wrestling on Twitter. Let me just make sure that that handle is correct. But if you search Good Cop Bad Cop Wrestling um, podcast, they will come up. But I just want to make sure we get the exact or exact handle. So it's Good Bad Wrestle. It's the at Good Bad Wrestle. Uh, so follow them on Twitter. Uh, I believe they're mostly on Twitter, but their podcast is on Apple and SoundCloud. <clears throat> uh, so check them out. But uh, yeah, let's jump into uh, the On This Day. Chris, I believe it's Chris's On This Day, and we'll kind of take it from there. Yep. So there were actually a lot of events since we're recording on May 8th. Um, I went all the way back to the year 2000. And there was a lot of Raws, a lot of SmackDowns. There was a NXT event. There was a Sunday Night Heat. Wow. There was a Velocity. May 8th is a very wow. busy day in wrestling history. <laughs> but I'm going to take it back one year to an event that we were at, WrestleMania Backlash. Oh, so okay. WrestleMania Backlash 2022, which was in Providence, Rhode Island, which we attended, was a fantastic 
backlash. Yeah. Um, so I will go through the full match card just because it's not a long match card, and I know you guys remember it. Um, first match of the night, hot start, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Mm. Cody uh, Cody got the win by pinfall. Second match of the night was Omos defeating Bobby Lashley. So that match was probably the worst match of the night. Um, match number three was Edge defeating AJ Styles mm-hmm. uh, by submission. And for those that forgot, that is when Rhea Ripley debuted for the Judgment Day, yeah. which was a very big moment for them. And then the next match was the I Quit match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Ronda defeated Charlotte, which was Very good a lot better match than their WrestleMania match. It was a it was a great match. Match number five yep. was a shit break. It was <laughs> a ma- singles match between Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin. Oh Madcap my defeated God. Happy I Corbin. forgot about oh that match. God. Yeah, like I said, shit Not break. memorable. No. And uh, the main event was the Bloodline defeating uh, Drew McIntyre and RK Bro and a six-man tag match. So that was, I mean, that was a great backlash. Comparing it to this backlash, very close. Very close. It's close. I'm I'm not... I, it is. I want to lean towards 2022, but the crowd for 2023 mm. was insane. I'll tell you what, if you were at both shows, we would by far take this <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> probably. That is probably true. <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, I forgot about that madcap corbin match i i would lean more towards this year but i'm not i'm not sure either honestly it's a tough one cody Cody seth was great cody and seth was so good cody and seth was that's a debate that could have been possibly their best match because the hell in a cell match cody tore his pec so i mean hell in a cell could have been the best one if he wasn't injured but this one could have topped the mania match it was very close yeah, and then the the six man tag main event was very good. yeah that match I remember being very good. I actually haven't. I've only probably watched Roman that. Drew, once. Roman drew a lot of heat that night. Yeah, I remember Roman like faking like he was gonna get the tag and yep. everything like that, and then tagged in like Jay and Jimmy. The crowd was good that night too in Providence. It, was it wasn't the good. the Puerto had, Rico crowd, but it was good. We uh we had an annoying fan in front of us that night as we're we're used to getting bad fans. Did we? Remember the guy who kept looking back at us oh, every time he God. would say something? What he the was fuck rooting, is he it was with wrestling for, shows, man? Dude, he he was rooting for all the heels that night just to piss everybody off. Which is fine, root for whoever running. you want, but he was drunk. Yeah, that's some bullshit. My <laughs> yeah. brother attended that at, at show, the, at too. At the tail end. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Every show we go to, we just can't escape like all the dudes. We got some bands. bad fucking luck. I yeah. think... Jeremy, I think we were pretty lucky at War Games. We were. I know Sean didn't sit with yeah. us, but we didn't have anybody really annoying at War Games. No, no. That, I was feeling that, off that, was that actually night. I don't know what game. it was either. Yeah, War Games, um, no issues on our. I didn't even have the nachos. Maybe it's just Sean. <laughs> maybe it's just Sean that attracts the uh, shitty people. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and it's crazy. I don't know where you guys are sitting, but there were no fans like next to us at all. We're behind us, like directly behind and to the left of us. It was empty seats. We sat. The fans next to us were bitching because there was a cameraman in the way in front of yeah, us. Yeah, we sat. We sat <laughs> middle oh. balcony. Probably only like I don't know what. Seven rows. We were eight, like a section, a section away from you, probably. Yeah. I was gonna say we were probably like slightly off to like the corner. Oh yeah, we were we yeah. were dead set in the middle. But uh, no, it was it was a good pay per view. Uh, so we will jump into backlash in a bit. There are a few things that I want to talk about, and we can talk about raw preview as we kind of get into backlash too, because I think it'll kind of go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what I will say about Raw tonight is Sean did mention the triple threat matches. So as a whole, though, what was released was the World Heavyweight Championship is going to be, and I mentioned this on the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast, I wanted it to make sense, was uh, there are Raw and SmackDown guys on <laughs> in the tournament. So I think that's a little uh, misguided, in my opinion. I, I wasn't really expecting that for a title that's going to be on Raw. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, they'll just move the guy from SmackDown to Raw. They just did the fucking draft for this specific reason. It seems like they did had no idea what the fuck they were doing based on this tournament. You, you, saw, you saw my outburst in our group chat as soon as it got so, released. I immediately started flipping Yeah, I, I just think that was poor planning. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, I remember your text, Sean. Uh, I, I was very just taken back. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it now. Obviously it's going to go on as is, but I, I just think it's interesting that they do that. So what I will do is I'll read out the people that are going to be in for both sides. So for raw, it's Cody, Damian priest, Finn Balor, Rollins, Nakamura, and the Miz for SmackDown. It's AJ Styles, Theory, Lashley, Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Sheamus. So tonight the triple threats were already announced for Raw, so it's, what was it, Priest, Rollins, and Nakamura, and then Balor, Miz, Rhodes, is that what it is? I think that's correct. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what it is. Um, so those are the two triple threats. We'll get into what we think is going to happen those after we get into the Backlash um, review uh, for those. Any other news people want to bring up before I bring up anything else? I feel like there's really not much going on. <laughs> yeah. No not much happening news. between backlashing now, so I'm pretty much good on my side. The one thing I will say quickly, too, is Roman is has been announced for both the Saudi show for uh, Night of Champions as well as Money in the Bank. So and he is returning to TV this week. So he'll be on SmackDown, yep. and he'll be on a WWE television for the first time since WrestleMania. Uh, so what a what a fucking time that is. Um, the other thing was uh, I will say, and as we kind of get into our review, uh, just a quick shout out for a few people on the Backlash card. The fans are one of them, uh, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest for their match, but also like just them individually, uh, just well done on both sides. So quick shout outs to them. And we did mention uh, we're, there has been some talent that has wanted Backlash and Puerto Rico to uh, potentially host in the future. So we'll see uh, if that actually happens, but who knows? Um Besides that, I don't think there's too much news to kind of be ready for. We're we're looking. I don't even see much on AEW. Uh, there was Chris Jericho did get. Uh, he was physically and mentally assaulted at Mandalay Bay. I don't know if you guys saw that story, but he was at the I, the I hotel. Uh, there was some really fucked up shit. So I think he's he's gonna. I think he's gonna end up suing them, but I'm not sure. Um, but nothing too crazy besides that. So we'll jump into our backlash review. I'll let you guys go first for your initial thoughts, and then we'll go match by match by match. But overall, take for backlash, gentlemen. Initial thoughts for me. I mean, it was really good. Um, I will say this: I thought the last two matches were. I mean, it was hard to live up to the expectations after the street fight. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I mean, the crowd was still into those matches. I think the six-man tag was good. The main event, I was very unhappy with the main event and how short it was. I mean, considering it's Cody Rhodes and he's probably the most over guy in WWE right now. And for him to go nine minutes with Brock Lesnar, I mean, it's a little disappointing. Kind of have to Um, expect it. Kind of have to expect it, exactly. The card went exactly as I thought it would. I mean, considering I picked a perfect card for the first time ever. Um, So it went exactly as I thought it was. I think the the opening match was fantastic between Bianca and Io. Um, And, you know, there there were just so many good spots throughout the night that that I can't wait to talk about. I thought the triple threat for the U.S. title was good. That went exactly how I thought it would as well. you know, Rhea and Zelina, they didn't have a long time, but good for Zelina getting to perform in front of her home crowd as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really good card. I would say it was probably maybe a 7 or an 8 out of 10, to be honest. Yeah, I would say it's a probably about a 7 out of 10, but with the crowd in totality as far as energy, like a 10 out of 10 as far as the energy. Um, some great matches. A lot of good homecoming medicine. Zelina, like you mentioned, Chris, uh, in front of her hometown fans. You know, Damian Priest, Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest stole the show. I mean, we're getting to, like, how we feel about that. But I think all three of us are in agreement that Bad Bunny just absolutely delivered on all cylinders. Um, like you mentioned as well, the last two matches obviously couldn't live up to expectations because of that. I think we're all shocked that, you know, the Bad Bunny-Priest match didn't mean an event. And, you know... You were very respectful, Chris, on the main event because I'm going to be very harsh when we want to get into that <laughs> final match. Um, the six-man tag was very good. Felt a little stale near the end um, until, like, you know, obviously the ending was solo in J-Spot. We'll talk about that. But overall, some great matches. Um, Io Shirai or Io Sky and uh, Bianca was excellent. Um, Io just displaying how talented she is and, like, one of the top three women probably in the world as far as wrestling ability. So absolutely, like, fantastic card with the energy of the crowd. Yeah, so let's start with the first match, which was Bianca and Io Sky. Uh, going into this match, uh, exactly what I thought would happen happened. They had a fantastic match. And I, I think I was live texting uh, at least Sean and our friend Fast. Uh, I did think that was better than Bianca and Asuka at WrestleMania. And... Uh, the total time on that was 18 minutes. So I'll give you guys time checks for these matches. So it was 18 minutes flat. Um, and those were 18 good minutes, too. It did not seem like there was very many lulls in this match. It seemed like they were constantly doing something. What we really need to talk about is how over EO was with this crowd. Uh, that was probably not the biggest surprise for me, but it was like we were at like a home crowd for her, like either in Japan or something like that, because um, just the reaction she got, and Bianca started Bianca started getting those John Cena boos, and uh, I was quite surprised, honestly. I think fans are going to start getting sick of her, so I think they need to get the title off her very quick. I think she is going to do wonders without the title as well, and there's going to be a heel turn. That's hopefully what's going to happen. Uh, I I think she needs to take the blueprint or WWE needs to take the blueprint of Seth Rollins and give it to Bianca. He hasn't had a title in in a couple years, a main event title, and he's done nothing but elevate himself to potentially the top babyface in the company. It's either him or Cody. So, uh, but I was uh, welcoming the surprise. It was a great crowd to start. 
and I was very surprised it was so pro EO. Um, you know, the, the finish was great. They had some great moves, obviously both super athletic, um, be, uh, ended up being Bailey and, uh, Dakota Kai coming down. I wasn't sure if they were going to in this match, but then you realize it's probably the end of judgment day, uh, judgment day, uh, <laughs> dear God. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe you said judgment day is fun. Uh, it's the end of the group. I'm drawing. Why am I drawing a break? Damage, Damage control. control. <laughs> I don't know why I'm having a brain fart right now. Uh, I think Sorry, we knew what you meant. I think it could be the end of that group. Uh, Bailey grabs Bianca's hair to like hold her down on the mat as EO's going up for the moonsault and the ref catches her. And uh, then EO misses, gets the knees up, whatever happened. And then Bianca hits the. Uh, the finisher there to win the match, but that was really great. I thought it was entertaining and I thought the end was fine. Uh, I was really, I think that's going to end up happening anyways. I think damage control is going to break up. I'm still interested to see. I think they're going to end up turning on Bailey, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, the match was definitely better than Bianca and Asuka at WrestleMania. I do think EO is just, she's she was always great in nxt and this was the best case scenario for her to be so over with that puerto rican crowd because i think that's just going to continue and this is the perfect chance for them to break her apart from damage control as the face i don't think anybody expected her to be as over as she was that night in backlash Mm -hmm. so they need to ride that momentum have her turn face um whether it's damage control beating her up or her turning on them at first i don't know what it's going to be but i do see bailey and dakota kai sticking together for a while and i think eo should go on a singles run by herself whether i mean i don't necessarily think that's her winning that main championship maybe her and bianca go one more time Mm -hmm. um but i also agree with you about the john cena treatment for for bianca belair um it's a shame because she's been so over with the crowd since she won that championship. And now just in one night to pretty much see the, the script flipped like that. It's, it's hard to wrap your head around it and understand why that happened where the fans were more on EO side than Bianca's side. I don't understand to be honest. Um, But I think, yeah, I think she does need to drop that title soon or just turn heel while she still has it. She needs a character change. I think her, her character has gotten very stale. And she needs to be what she was in NXT. Um, turn heel. She's. I think she's better as a heel than a face. So she's. She's had a great championship run, but I think it's time for it to end very soon. Yeah. So jumping into Bianca versus Io, I thought the match was excellent. EO absolutely shine like she is. She is a top three woman superstar in the business right now. Bianca being probably the best athlete, uh, the two combined was phenomenal. Like you guys touched base on, like the Bianca reaction getting booed was a very big shocker because, you know, she has always been a fan favorite for the last, like, at least three years. And I was kind of shocked that she got booed out of the building like that. And EO again, like a hometown-like reaction on her side. And EO being a babyface down the line would be the best move. And Bailey and 
you know, Dakota Kai teaming together would be interesting, but I can see both of them also, like all three of them splitting and being individual. Cause B, I remember with Dakota Kai back when she was in NXT, her and like Tegan Knox uh, were feuding for a little bit. And, you know, Dakota Kai has proven that she can be off on her own doing like a heel. Same thing with Bailey. We know what Bailey has done, like she's proven it over the years. So I do think this is a good spot for EO to definitely be a top, um, you know, fan favorite in this company. And, you know, she had a nice moonsault in this match that was, like, picture perfect. Uh, some good spots in the end. And then, you know, Bailey holding her hair down, which led to the KOD from Bianca. Excellent match overall. And kind of surprised they got as long as they did with the 18 minutes. I didn't think they were going to get that much time, but excellent match. That was the third longest match on the card. Um, the second match was uh, Seth Rollins. Against Omos, the Omos Sapiens Rose. That was probably Omos's uh, best match uh, in a WWE ring, I think. And no surprise, it was uh, with Mr. Rollins, who's one of the best going right now. Um, in terms of the actual match itself, you know, uh, Rollins did well, and uh, you know, it, it was entertaining to say the least. I, I I really thought it was one of the more entertaining matches he's had. Um, but I do think I think I could have a good wrestling match with Seth Rollins, to be honest, right now at this point, uh, just for the trajectory. And, you know, I had a feeling he was going to win just because they want to elevate him to the world title. So for me, uh, I was happy with the match, happier than I thought I would be. This clocked in at 10 minutes and 30 seconds, uh, longer than even the U.S. title triple threat. So I was kind of surprised at that. But, uh, yeah, no, not a bad match at all. Uh, and we move on. Omos gets another loss. <laughs> good uh yeah i mean this match exceeded my expectations for sure i mean anytime omos is in a ring i'm not happy to to be honest but it's hard for it's hard for anybody to really put on a bad match with seth rollins including a seven foot four 400 pounder like omos um nothing too crazy happened throughout the match i mean it kind of went as i thought it would it was obviously a little bit slower because of omos but, I mean, the ending was cool with Seth Rollins hitting a stomp from uh, the middle rope, I think it was. Um, so, it was, a, it was a cool ending. I mean, I'm not surprised Seth won either. Um, I, I could have seen Omos winning, but just the fact that Seth is going to be on his way to a world championship, you can't afford any losses a month away from winning that title. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that match being second. I'm happy with Seth winning. And it was definitely Omos's best match, that's for sure. Yeah, I was dead wrong on this pick. Um, I was kind of wishful thinking as far as game purposes that, you know, if they were going to book Seth Rollins with Omos, then it's like, all right, they had to have had something up his sleeve that they would give him, like, a world title against Roman just to get a quick loss. But that didn't happen. I am glad Seth got his win. Uh, Omos was pretty funny in this match. Remember at the opening bell, they were, like the crowd was, like, singing Seth's music, and Omos goes in and jumps in and gives him a nice boot to the face, which is pretty funny. Then he started doing the Seth Rollins, like, um, wave, which is cool. Um, nothing too crazy in the match. Seth pretty much did everything that he could possibly do with the guy that big. Um, so Omos is best match, but still not good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then that followed up after that match. Number three was the triple threat for the United States Championship. Uh, Theory defeated Lashley and Bronson Reed. This match came in at 6 minutes and 50 seconds. That's a little short for what uh, what I thought it would be, especially in terms of the pay-per-view. I guess it was paced out correctly because they entered around 11 o'clock Eastern time. 
But uh, I was a little disappointed in how the length of this match. Uh, the the outcome we all predicted exactly correctly of how it was going to happen. Bronson Reed and Lashley were going to get uh, messing each other up, and Theory would come in for the the cheap win. Supports his heel character, and I think um, you know moving on to bigger and better things. But uh, I wanted a little bit more from this match. I will say so. I I won't give it like a you know, a, a stamp of approval for a great match. It was only just under seven minutes. So I was hoping for a little bit more. Yeah, I was hoping for around like maybe 10, 12 minutes, something yep. like that, especially for a championship match with three guys who are really on the top of their Correct. game right now. <clears throat> I mean, Theory's probably the best young guy that they got going. Lashley, he's older, but he's never been better than the past like two to three years. Bronson Reed just got called up, but that dude's an animal. I mean, the... The spot that he did on the outside, it was like the springboard to the outside on Lashley, awesome. the splash. That was yeah. awesome. And then he went up to the top rope and did yeah. a moonsault. Three, 300. The, the dude pounds. is insane. The dude is absolutely insane. And like you said, the three of us hit the nail on the head with this one. I mean, we all said that someone was going to hit a finisher and Theory was going to come in for yeah. the kill and just pin them for the win. And that's exactly what he did. And... I'm happy with the outcome. I'm happy with Theory winning, as I, as we all thought he would. Something I did see on Twitter, I don't know if you guys saw, Grayson Waller posted a picture of him holding up Ooh. that U.S. title. So I think Grayson Waller might be coming after Theory at some point, which take my money for that. I'm all for interesting. that. They're very similar. <clears throat> very similar. Yeah, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, uh, match is very good um, for the time they were given. Um, I agree with you both that it should have been much longer. I would have been cool with 15 minutes because um, all three of them were tremendous athletes. Brunson Reed, like for as big as he is, I mean, he just reminds me of just Keith Lee in NXT, of what he can do, the strength of athleticism. Bobby Lashley, we know what Bobby Lashley can do, a guy's an animal as well. Austin Theory getting like the spot that he did for that victory also was going to elevate him, his heel character even more. So it kind of reminded me of like Edge back in the day where he was, you know, again the World Championship runs, but there was always like some controversial ending with him getting the victory, which is really cool because it's going to draw more heat and elevate his character. So I liked um, how it played it's like out. JBL. Yep, exactly. <laughs> And then the next match was uh, Rhea Ripley versus Zelina Vega. Uh, Rhea Ripley did end up winning this match. No surprise there. This clocked in at 7 minutes and 10 seconds, so a little bit longer than the U.S. Uh, nothing too great about this match, I will say, in terms of, like, wow factor. Besides Rhea Ripley proving once again that she's probably one of the strongest in the company in terms of females... Uh, that specific power bomb I'm mentioning was like legitimate power for anyone. Uh, but the real highlight for me was definitely Zelina getting her moment in front of her. You know, she's from New York, but she is Puerto Rican. So in front of her, her, her family was there and, um, you know, the crowd was eating that shit up. They really, really enjoyed her being there. Uh, her attire, what I will say the attire for most of these folks, uh, they delivered on this night as well. So uh, I did make a joke in the chat that I said my wallet's going to be hurting for the figs they're going to make for, for this night. <laughs> but Zelina really, it, the Puerto Rican flag on her arms, that was very, very cool. Um, and, you know, the, like I said, the crowd was eating it up the whole time. And I think they did a really good job in supporting her. And I think deep down they all knew she didn't have a shot in hell. But, um, 
you know, it, it was made out to be okay. So I was fine with the match. Yeah, I think, um, you know, this match was probably the most confident seven I've ever had in a match of all time <laughs> yeah. of us doing these cards in Rhea Ripley, even though Zelina was in front of her hometown fans. Um, I mean, the match, it is what it is. Yeah. There, what is a girl who's f- 4'11", 5 feet tall? What is she going to do with yeah, Mox? true. You know, I mean, not much. She really can't do that much. So the match went as predicted. Rhea Ripley picked up the win. Like we said, this moment was all for Zelina Vega, basically. I mean, you could see the emotion pouring out of her at the beginning of that match. I've never really seen somebody so emotional at the beginning of a match like that, like with tears streaming down their face. So good for her. She deserves that spot, even though she did take a loss. I mean, like we said, Rhea Ripley's not going to lose that championship for a long time. So I'm fine with the match, how it played out. Seven minutes, whatever. That's cool. Zelina got her moment. That was just pretty much a filler match at that point. Yeah, um, decent match for what it was worth. It was like you guys said with Zelina. It was nice to have her family there. Um, you know, when she got emotional, it kind of reminded me of Bianca when she faced Sasha at WrestleMania 37, like how emotional she got with that big spot. So that was really nice to see um, her having a special moment in getting a title match. I think that's her first title match ever, if I'm not mistaken. She's had, she's had like one or main two, title. I'd have, you I'd have to look title? it up, but I think she's had at least one other one. Okay. Um, but yeah, this one was definitely special though, like um from for like the home crowd. Um like yeah, like you guys said though, what can she do when like the size difference between it looked like at basically what Seth Rollins and Omos was. Kinda like what can you really do against mommy in that spot? Um she had a good six one nine. That was nice to see that she brought that out. Like shout out to Rhea Mysterio. Um but at the end, you know, Rhea did what she was supposed to do, most confident seven we've ever had, and then <laughs> That's it. Victory for Rhea Ripley. <laughs> the next match was the street fight, uh, which was probably one of the best entrances of the year, including WrestleMania, which is wild. Uh, Damian Priest came down first, Bad Bunny second. Bad Bunny came out to his own music, obviously, and basically it was a Bad Bunny concert when that happened. And uh, wow. Wow. Just the crowd reaction itself, it was really just jumping in. It was just fucking jumping in there, man. I've never, like, these moments, too, like, I think I texted the group. I just said, like, this is why you love professional wrestling. Like, it's just such an amazing environment for this. And this entrance was just so wild. I've honestly watched it probably 40 times over the past couple days. It was just very, very cool. And uh, so Bunny comes down. He brings the the um, the carriage, the uh, shopping carriage, down, filled with a bunch of hardcore toys for the street fight. Uh, the match itself was very good, just as I think as we suspected. We we thought Bud Bunny is a, a a pretty damn good wrestler for a celebrity guest, but he's a pretty damn good wrestler. Period. Uh, so, and what I will say, he has also gotten buff. Uh, since the last time we saw him, he's definitely put on some weight to uh, be able to handle Damian Priest. So I thought that was cool to see him kind of bigger. And, and you know, he came right out the gate and uh, did a blue thunderbomb, I think, within like the first three moves. And I was like, damn, OK, we're, we're getting after it. Uh, some highlights for the match, obviously. So we had some uh, outside interference on Judgment Day. So I think that was like, you know, probably about, what, 15 minutes into the match or something like that. And uh, 
you know, uh, Balor and, and uh, Dominic came down and uh, started beating on uh, Rey Mysterio. Did he beat on? They were beating on Rey Mysterio, right? So Rey Mysterio, yeah, came down. But uh, then a huge pop for Carlito. Carlito comes back. What a great, what a great return. When his music came on, I was like, oh, this is fucking perfect. This is great. Uh, not who I was expecting at all, honestly. I thought it was just going to be the LWO coming down for the save. So nothing too special. You look buff, too. But he was also very big, yeah. So yeah. Carlito came down, helped out Rey Mysterio, spit the the apple in Dominic's face. I thought that was very funny. Uh, then they go back. Balor and uh, Dominic are retreating, and then Savio Vega comes out. Um, and he hits some punches and stuff, and the LWO was up there with them. Basically, they just beat the shit out of uh, Judgment Day, which I thought was was very fitting and very funny, and I think gave the fans exactly what they wanted out of all of those folks. And uh, Bad Bunny wraps up the match. You know, there were some interesting bumps. Damian Priest put Bad Bunny through the table with his patented, like, Blue Thunder Bomb as well. And uh, Bad Bunny ends up winning the match. He beat him up a lot with a kendo stick uh, towards the end of the match, but he ends up beating him with a, the Bunny Destroyer, the Canadian Destroyer that he does and gets the three count. But this match was very impressive. Uh, the official time was 25 minutes flat. Uh, long match, good match, very entertaining throughout. Um, yeah, I, I have seen a couple of things that said it wasn't the best of wrestling match, but it was the most entertaining. I thought it had great wrestling as well, not just the entertainment piece. So I really enjoyed the match. Yeah, that this was great. I mean, this is everything that you want as a WWE fan. It had everything involved in the match, and the crowd definitely played a big role in that. I mean, <clears throat> once you saw the camera behind Bad Bunny getting ready for his entrance, that's just sick. I mean, you don't see that very often, and he looked like a wrestler. He did not look like a celebrity yeah. in that moment. Like Jeremy said, he looked at he looked like he put on some for size. Sure. And his gear was cool. Like it was very yeah. plain. It was very like just like olive green i think but he looked the part like it was awesome and then like you said the match itself wasn't the best wrestling match but it's not always about wrestling it's about entertaining the fans and that is exactly what bad bunny and damian priest yeah. did during that match and i'm extremely happy for damian priest as well in that moment he deserved a match like that we're all big on priest we all think that he's probably the worst in the judgment day as well so the fact that he got to go out in front of this crowd and put on a 25-minute banger with a celebrity is pretty He's a made awesome. man now. And he is. He absolutely is. Yeah. And all this talk about, you know, people hating celebrities coming into WWE and being part-timers and having three matches a year. If they deliver like this, like Logan Paul has and like Bad mm -hmm. Bunny did, how can you hate on something like this? I mean, it's only going to make the product that much better if these celebrities can actually keep up with WWE superstars and put on great matches. Very true. Um, and it was awesome. Like you said, during the match, there was so much interference. Carlito got a huge pop. Savio Vega came out and threw some punches at Balor. Like you, like I said, this had everything that you want. Um, and even though I didn't get to watch it live, I felt like I was watching it live. I was so yeah. into it the entire match. Even though I saw the results the night prior, I knew who was going to win. But I feel like, like because even though it was, it was my first time watching, I felt like it was happening in that yeah. moment. So 
that's what really gets you as a wrestling fan. And I'm with Jeremy. I've went back and watched just his entrance probably 30 <laughs> to 40 times within yeah. the past day. I mean, just to hear the roar of that crowd and sing along, that's really that's awesome. So cool. And and good for him, good for both of them. It was a great match. I give it a 10 yeah, out of 10. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, me too. This match um, had everything you could possibly want. Like the match time alone, 25 minutes flat. Like that's perfect Like match time. For an anticipated match like that, Bad Bunny coming out. There's a reason why he's the biggest artist in the world. When he came out there, when the fans are going like ecstatic, that's why you can see how he's as big as he is. Damian Priest, a made man, and you know I saw people talking. Oh, Priest got buried. He's done. Let's knock it off. The guy basically went to battle with the biggest artist in the world. This is only going to elevate him. It's going to make him a bigger name, household name, with Judgment Day. So everyone won in this match. Damien Priest, Bad Bunny, LWO, the rest of Judgment Day. You got, you know, the chaoticness, which I love. I love matches where, like, it's one-on-one, but then you have the outside interference kind of making their way. And then the spots in the match, you know, the slam through the table um, from the outside. Bad Bunny really showed his toughness. He did not need to take that bump. So respect to him for being willing to take that. He even delivered, um, you know, back to Damian Priest, his bumps he was taking. Bad Bunny lifted up Priest on a falcon arrow. And yeah. I did not think he would be able to lift Priest up like that, but he is very strong for his size. The Canadian Destroyer at the end, you know, then the Kendall Sticks, like the weapons, the um, special guests. It was absolutely everything you could have asked for. Also give it a 10 out of 10. And then we went into a cooldown match, which was not actually a cooldown match. It was the Bloodline against Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. That clocked in at 22 minutes. I think the crowd, the crowd wasn't dead, but it, it was definitely a little tired, I think, in this match. Um, for me, I don't know how you guys feel. I know, I know Chris picked this in game-wise. I think the outcome of this match is a fucking mistake. And... I do not think the bloodline should have went over to support their story with them beating Sammy and KO and riddle. It seems like their feud isn't actually over. And for me, they need to separate them. And the other thing about this was the titles are still to be defended on both shows. So now you're not really keeping Owens and Zayn on one specific show. If they're tag champs. So for me, I was very disappointed that they ended up winning this match. Um, it progressed the story in a sense of Solo. You know, there's obviously rumblings about Solo potentially with Jey Uso. Uh, for me, it seems like it's dragging a little bit right now. And that's what this match felt like to me, was they're dragging along the Bloodline story. And it doesn't feel like it did before WrestleMania for me. I'm just not as enticed with it right now at this second. Maybe it's because Roman's not on TV. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I was just not a fan of the how this match was booked. And I did not agree with the outcome either. Yeah, it, it was interesting. I picked Bloodline for game purposes. I didn't actually expect them to win, to be honest. They shouldn't um, I. I think WWE is so high on Solo Sokoa right now that everything comes down to him in this moment. And I think future-wise, what what this proves is Jimmy and Jay are the weak links in the bloodline. And if it wasn't for Solo being there, they would not have picked up that win. And I think that's what they're going to try to portray Mm -hmm. and eventually have, you know, 
either Solo or Roman or whoever kicked the Usos out of the bloodline. Um, I do think also another point is Sammy, KO, and I think also Riddle all got drafted to Raw. So I think this is where the story ends, to be honest. Unfortunately, I think it ends with Sammy and KO taking a loss once again to the bloodline, going to Raw, doing their own thing. Now the Usos go to SmackDown, do their own thing. And that's the end of the story, unfortunately. It has to end like that. Um, I'm with you, though. It, it feels very stale. Uh, we we had so much storyline over the past year with the Bloodline, Sammy, and KO. It's just dragging at this point. I think Sammy and KO getting drafted to Raw is, is a good thing because it does separate them now. But they still have the and, titles to defend you know, on both shows. They still have... Right, exactly. Unless they separate so, them. Who maybe knows? they'll separate them, but... Right. So, I mean, maybe it's not the end. Who knows? But I do think it does have a lot to do with Roman Reigns not being on weekly television as well. If Roman Reigns was on weekly television, I don't think it would be as stale as it's been. There's only so much that Paul Heyman can do with Solo, Sokoa, and the Usos without Roman Reigns being there, considering he's the tribal chief and he's the leader of the group. There's only so much they can do without him. So I'm... I'm I'm kind of stuck in the middle for the outcome of the match. I'm I understand one part of it, but I also don't understand another part of it. So I'm kind of stuck on this. I, I'm just interested to see what happens when Roman Reigns is back this yeah, week. Yeah, I fucking hated the outcome. <laughs> yeah, this this match I thought was a very fifty fifty book and I could have seen it going either way. I do agree with you both that this match was very, very stale. And I think, honestly, it's the Matt Riddle factor. When he, Ever since he came back from his, his hiatus, we're not going to get into it, but his hiatus, it just not, has his character and then him getting incorporated into his storyline. Obviously, it makes sense because the bloodline took him out. So, obviously, they had to incorporate him as the third wheel to take out, like, Solo, Sokoa, Jimmy, and Jay. But him being added didn't really do much to the weekly television. Friday Night SmackDown, it was mostly Solo Sokoa, Matt Riddle in the main event. I like Solo as far as a wrestler. He's an ex. He's a great wrestler. He He's a very top-level wrestler, but I do not like his character. I don't think he's a main event guy. I think he's a very top-mid-level guy. And then how they've been booking Matt Riddle, I don't see him as being that main event guy as well. 2021, he was like he had a white-hot light on him. But ever since Randy got injured, he has not been the same. And then this match kind of showed. Maybe it was because it came after the Bad Bunny match. But I'm kind of more to Chris's point, though, that the reason why I think Bloodline did go over is simply the fact that when they return to SmackDown and Roman gets on TV and Roman get confronts all three of them, they're going to rely on the fact that, well, you guys um, only won because Solo got the job done. He landed the Samoan spike and pinned him. You guys were the weakest links. So that's the thing that I'm also holding my hat on. Because if Riddle and Sammy and KO were to go over, then Roman should Roman get pissed off at Solo as well. Then it kind of messes up like right. the storyline situation. As far as if they're going to continue the rivalry, I honestly have no idea. Because I can see them still picking up on Raw. Because you know, when you have the title, you can jump ship to any time you want. So you're bound to run into each other. I can also see them ending it there as well. So who knows how it went down. I give the match... Five and a half out of ten, just based on the energy and just how it like landed. I don't think the match was stale, so I just want to like say that right away because I know you said the match. I'm talking about the bloodline in this stage is stale. I I'm taking the energy of the crowd is of like everything like the crowd level. I'm, I'm not like talking about the match. I'm talking about the feud. I'm ta- I'm just talking about the bloodline in general. I'm not talking about the match. 
I'm talking about. Oh no, I was just saying my yeah my five out of five was strictly just with the match with the crowd as well influenced yeah. by it. That's it. But the match was no problem. With the no, I'm I'm not talking about the rating of the match. I'm talking about what I said was. I'm still on the bloodline. I'm not still on the match. Yeah. And yep. the reason the outcome was the way it was, and what I see it, it should have been, was them going over, Sammy KO and Riddle going over, and blame it on the Usos. So if you blame it on the Usos like you did in the tag team match, for me, that progresses your story farther than Solo winning the match. That meant honestly nothing for me. So does, I yeah, but does Roman get pissed off at Solo um as well because he's a part no of because he's going to blame happen. it on the Usos. For me, that would be an easy way out for Solo and say the only reason I lost this match is because Jimmy and Jay like screwed up, like they messed up. They're the weakest link. That's an easy way to show it if they lost the match, right? So if one of them get pinned, one, yeah, only one takes a pinfall though. That's a tough spot because if because Jimmy and Jay both can't take a pinfall, they could have booked it only, correctly. To make it look better for me. I, I just... Right. They could have booked it. They could have booked it. Jay, which happened in the match, Jay or Jimmy super kicking the other Correct. Uso to lose the match. That could have been the finish right there. The Both pretty... parties are involved and Solo has nothing to do with it. The frustrating part with the bloodline is like excluding Roman is anytime there's a bloodline match and they're going to, and they go over, it's strictly because of Solo Sokoa. Like it's predictable. You're never going to see a bloodline match that doesn't have Roman in it, that Solo is involved in it, where they don't win because of Solo, because Triple H is so high on them. And then how they're progressing with the bloodline and like kind of planting seeds for that Roman to be like, no, you guys are out of here. So it's very predictable, which is kind of frustrating like down the line. Well, the only, the only reason I'm not like completely done with it. And I know you guys aren't yeah. completely done with it either is because there, there is still something different weekly with them to be, to be fair. Um, and what I mean by that is when is the solo heel turn coming? Who is he going to hit yeah. first? To me, I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued by that. So that's why I'm still glued to it, even though it does feel like it's been dragging for so long. I'm still interested to see how it's going to play out and when it's going to happen. So I think during the match, it was really cool when Solo almost did Samoan Spike Jay. And Jay's like, you're going to hit me? I'm your brother. Like, I'm, I still love that. It's stuff, probably going to be Jay, to be fair, honestly, that Solo's <clears throat> probably going to turn on. Because not to not to say that Jimmy's a weak link or anything, because Jimmy's still great. But Jay's the most important member out of the brothers. So, right. And then after the match, when the match is over and they're standing there victorious, Solo's kind of like off to the side, not really doing anything. Right. He still had his thumb like this. He was looking at his thumb the whole time. Like, you know it's coming. But when is it going to be? So I, I still personally am intrigued by stuff like that. Um, but I do think it is taking. I like some of that, time. but this is exactly what what I thought about the Roman Reigns interview after WrestleMania, when people say he brought up like it's the third inning. If I have to wait like all that time for another payoff of Solo turning or you know Roman turning again, I don't know. I just. I don't know. I'm just not as in it right now as I was with Sammy or as I was with Cody. I just, I do, I do agree yeah. with you, Jeremy, that Roman needs to be on TV. Yeah. I do. He's I, not I going to. So, hundred percent. He's not going to. I I, maybe the reason, maybe the reason I'm still kind of like high on it is because I am a huge solo guy. Like I know Sean, you you don't see him as like a big main event guy. Personally, I think he's great, and maybe he is the second coming of Umaga because. You know, he acts the same way. He has the same yeah. finisher. I was always a huge Umaga guy. 
So personally, I, I really enjoy it. I, I hope he is a top guy at some point. Um, maybe that's why. He's maybe entertaining. Why. I I don't necessarily agree or disagree with either of you in terms of where you stand. I think I'm more in the middle. I've never been high, but I've never really been low either. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this match didn't do much for me, and I was really disappointed with the outcome. Uh, the main event, speaking of disappointments, uh, <laughs> uh, the main event of Backlash was Brock Lesnar against Cody Rhodes. So, and you know, I will stand by the Brock Lesnar is what he is at this point, And I think we've said that a lot. And Brock did do some good things in this match. I mean, the man busted his fucking head open to make Cody look better as a babyface, And, you know, that was, like, real. So, like, I appreciate him for that. His matches, like, we can't expect him to go more than probably, like, 12 minutes at the most. Unless it's, like, a hardcore stipulation. So I think the next match, as we'll get into it probably, is the next match with Cody, if they do do it again, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a stipulation match. So... Uh, for me, it is what it was, but what a drastic difference a month makes in a main event of a pay-per-view. Because you potentially had uh, one of the best main events ever in history of WrestleMania uh, with Cody losing. And then Cody wins this match, and it honestly feels not that much better than him losing at WrestleMania. Uh, it really did nothing for him to win this match, in my opinion. Uh you know, I, I do think obviously a win over Brock Lesnar always means something, but the match itself just, you know, it is what it is. I wasn't as hating on it as a lot of people were. I think the expectations for Brock just need to be lower because he's just past the point of having like just athletically timed matches. Like you're not going to expect that from him anymore. And he can do it if he wants to, but he, I don't think he's in a career where he wants to anymore. But contrary to that, like I said, the man did bust his head open and try to make Cody look good because I do think he sell he sold well during this match. Um, I just don't think the long the like the length of the matches should be up there in terms of people's expectations. Yeah, I think um, like you said, Brock Lesnar at this point in his career kind of needs stipulation matches. Uh, I think Brock had one of his best matches in the past five six years last year at SummerSlam yeah. with Roman. They went 25 minutes in a no hole or last man standing match. And that was a great match. I was, I, I'm a little disappointed because this does, this didn't feel like a triple H booked main event. It felt like Vince McMahon had his hands in there a little bit during this main event to me, which he did, which he, did. He, he gave Cody Brock. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think triple H enjoys longer main events with more storytelling. And this was just kind of quick. It didn't really feel like it was all over the place. It was just kind of, it was weird. I feel like, personally, yes, I picked Cody. I think this match would have done more for him if he lost this match, to be honest. Because Maybe. at least going forward, you know he's got to get some some revenge on Brock. Now, guess what? Brock's going to come back, screw Cody out Tonight. of something. <laughs> and then we're going to have a, a part two, yep. part two between them and another 10-minute yeah. match. Like, I, I don't know. I, I It just didn't do much for me either. Um, I mean, the fans were still behind Cody. Doesn't like the fans still love Cody regardless, but the match was just like what whatever to me. This was the one Matt Cody match that I haven't really cared about. 
which is my question depressing. is like right off that, Chris, <laughs> now we're going to get to Sean. The bigger question is like, if he has one more match with Brock, where does he go after that to somehow get to Roman? Like who are the guys? Oh, who are the guys? Brock, no, who are the guys you're going to put him up against? I just, I'm still not seeing the future, but I'll let Sean go. And then we'll, we'll discuss a little further. So jumping into like Brock Lesnar, and I, I never, I hate to bring the money angle into this, but if you're gonna be booked as a main event against the top babyface in the business, I expect you to, for the money you get paid, I expect you to bust your ass and give it a hundred ten percent. Brock Lesnar, yes, he's in his mid forties. The guy's a freak athlete. The guy can still do all these moves. He can do different side slams. He can do different suplexes. All we get from him is German suplex F five. German suplex, maybe throw you into the corner, do a couple shoulder tackles, and that's pretty much it. I don't appreciate that. If you're a top guy, I want you to perform like you care. Brock, I feel like he's just a guy that goes in and just takes a paycheck and then just gets the hell out of there. I don't like that. And clearly this is a Vince McMahon booking because, one, he loves Cody as well, which I do like appreciate Vince that he at least loves Cody. He loves Brock Lesnar. This match meant absolutely nothing. It was not a good match for the expectation-wise. When I say expectation, as far as their talent pool. So Cody's excellent. Cody did everything he could possibly do. It's a typical Cody-like athletic performance from him. You know, you saw crossroads a couple times, different uh, suplexes and things like that. There's only so much you can do with a guy that just does not want to go out there and work with you. And Brock, sure, yeah, he got the cool busted um, your face open on like the open exposed ring turnbuckle. He did sell. But other really. than that, he sold well. He's always great. I will give Brock yeah. that. Yeah, but I remember Fast mentioning on um, my group that if he likes you, he will sell for you. For and he sold he for Cody. And, I, and yeah. yeah, he did sell very well for Cody. But this match honestly kind of deflated Cody a little bit. Not on Cody's part. Cody did everything he could do, but the ending just made no sense to me. And to me, that ending pretty much kind of planned that this rivalry is nowhere near ending. And I think tonight we're going to get him attacking Cody. And is, then it's probably going to lead to another match, maybe at Night of Champions. Yeah. You know, we'll get it. We'll kind of foresee, like, foretell our predictions on that. But for the expectation on the talents with what for a main event spot at Puerto Rico with a big demographic like that, I was heavily overwhelmed on that. So this match, I give it honestly, and this may sound harsh, I give it a four out of 10. I've been like thinking about it and i think i just made up my mind that i agree with you guys that it is going to happen tonight with brock screwing cody at first in my head i'm like cody's gonna win his match seth's gonna win his match maybe right set up maybe. a match between them but if brock screws cody out of that match that makes Seth look weak, and you can't do that to seth rollins and seth rollins is so over right now how are you gonna put also cody rhodes who's so over Correct. against him so I, I'm I'm with you guys. It's going to happen during that triple threat match. They're not going to wait to till that's a singles match between Seth and Cody. It's yeah, not I don't happen. think so either. The other thing is, uh, I just I just think people need to lower their expectations for Brock at this point. I think his his yeah. quality of matches is just going to be what it is. I think it's a cookie cutter. The other big thing I think people were so pissed off was this main evented when it shouldn't have. Like the the big spot was the street fight, and that should have main evented. And I don't think they can call it a double main event all they fucking want. That match went on fifth, 
So this needed to main event. Uh, the the street fight needed to main event, and I think that's what would have sent the fans home happy. Yes, they got Cody winning, but the match just wasn't worth the main event, in my opinion. And that's, you know, I'm a, a probably one of the biggest Cody guys there is. That just doesn't do it for me for a main event. So I know it's all about the name too. So Brock Lesnar's the name. So fair enough, but it, it just is what it is. And I think that's what you'll get a lot from a lot of people right now is they were probably more upset too because they realized it probably shouldn't have been evented with the result that Brock we got. Brock should just yeah. go on first from now on every single match with pay-per-view going for it. Be the opening match because he only does – I think he even said in interviews, like he talked about, he either goes on first or last. So just go on first. If you're going to keep continuing these half-assed performances, go on first because you cannot – I wouldn't put him first either, to be honest. I wouldn't put him first. I'd put him in the middle of the card. Depending, depending who is against – he will if he's getting paid. And he's forced to, so I don't know if it's in his contract, whatever it is, but I could care less. But that's where I would put it. Like I would swap the matches. Like this should have went fifth. And and it's on paper, fight. yeah. I'm on paper to me looking at the card, it's main event because of the yeah. names. But it definitely didn't deserve it based off of the Correct. match quality. If you're WWE and you know the match that Damian Priest and Bad Bunny are about to put on in Bad Bunny's hometown with a crowd like that. That has to yeah, be main that's event. That's got to be main event. I was shocked it wasn't. It was double main event. That's what they called it. They always get out of it with some stupid ass booking. It can't fucking be double main event. I don't. That's if why the I don't. I don't even, yeah. when they make announcements like that, like <laughs> WrestleMania baggage. I don't even like even. They do these stupid ass no promotional things to try and cover their ass, and it just doesn't work. But yep. yeah, so that was backlash. All in all, like we said, I think it was a very good. I would give this pay per view an eight, for my opinion. I just think the crowd elevated it. I think there was three three really good matches in the ring. So Bianca, the Bad Bunny match, and even the three-on-three match was good. Uh, and then, you know, you had the, the crowd. You gave Bet- Omos his best match. You had the crowd elevate you for the others. Um, just some really cool moments. And it was just a really good entertainment pay-per-view based on the crowd and the atmosphere. Um, so that's why I'll give it an eight is because the crowd was just so fucking amazing. I would have loved talking, to. Talking talking. Talking about the the match card, I don't know. I'm leaning more towards 2022, boys. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah. I feel like the match you know quality was better throughout the entire. You might be night. right. So that I, I that I agree with the match quality. <laughs> yeah, 2022. I think it would only. It's so tough because like the crowd level. I mean, obviously Puerto Rico, Providence, Rhode Island. So it's tough, but that was also quality. only six <laughs> matches. Last year, yeah. The, so you had one really seven, bad. Right, six okay, you had seven. One bad match, Madcap and Happy Corman, and then you had a yeah. not great match either. Omos and Bobby Lashley, Even and then you was, had. To be fair though, that was probably a second best match. Omos's second best match, probably with. The, That's uh, true. Yeah, there was a yeah. But AJ then you had like really really actually. good matches. Yeah, you had AJ Edge, you had Cody Seth, you had Ronda and Charlotte Ronda. in the I Quit match. And then you had the three-on-three match, which was obviously better than the three-on-three match they had um, right. at this one. So, yeah, well, your 2022 probably that, um, is right. Roman yeah. should have been at this one. That would have been nice to see, like, what kind of reaction he would have got. But, I'm surprised he wasn't, considering it was a foreign pay-per-view. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's a bummer. I'm extremely shocked. It's just, just another day for uh, someone that <laughs> uh, is coddled by WWE, so... Yeah, I will still say never good things about uh, how he portrays his schedule and how he is to the fans what he is right now. So, 
Yeah, I mean, me and Sean are two of the biggest Roman fans you'll find, and I think we agree yeah. with that. His schedule is fucked yeah. at this point. It's take the tight. <laughs> they need to take the tight rolls off of him. But um, yeah. So backlash, all in all, good. I think what we're gonna do, God, the schedule this month is gonna be wild, boys. We are in for a crazy month with guests, with um, previews for pay per views. We have a lot coming up. Yep. This Thursday, uh, we'll probably surprise you with what we're going to do. We'll figure it out as a kind of day of topic. But um, later this month, like I said, on the 22nd, we will have the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast on here. I don't know if it's going to be one or both of them. It may be both. Um, so that'll be our Monday show that week. And then our Thursday show that week, we will have the Double or Nothing um, re- preview show, prediction show. And then we will also have the Night of Champions prediction show. What we will do maybe for the 22nd, we'll just do the guest. And then the 26th, we may come out with a prediction show for both Double or Nothing and Night of Champions. We may have to do both in one episode. Those will probably come out separately on And we'll probably talk... And we'll probably talk a little bit about that. And Battleground. Maybe Battleground will mix in. Maybe one of those pay-per-views... Probably not AEW, but maybe one of those interviews like Battleground will do a prediction with our guests on Monday. Um, we could yeah. do that because they, they both. Who knows? Maybe day. we'll try to go live. Maybe we'll try to go live. That oh, that would be YouTube. cool. Yeah. We could try on to go Sunday? live that weekend. Yeah. On Sunday when we're all together. Battleground is that night too. So Sunday will be what's going to happen is for that weekend, we can't watch live Night of Champions on that Saturday. So we're going to do like a double back-to-back Night of Champions and Double or Nothing. So maybe we'll go live for some of our reactions. Maybe in yeah. between. In we t- could also, we could also go live. Your fourth guest. Fast, we'll see I was going to say, we guys. could go live in between Night of Champions when, after we watch that to when Double or Nothing Yeah, that would starts. be a good idea. Do, maybe do a little preview show. Yeah, that show. would be cool. Uh, but yeah, so we have that to look forward to. But uh Again, we appreciate you. Check out my episode with the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast. I'll pin it to our Twitter. I'll put it everywhere. Uh, Give some love to those guys. And uh, we're looking forward to have some guests. We have some others in the working. So we're working on a lot of stuff for the next few months. So it should be a really exciting time. I keep posting about our YouTube. So our YouTube and our TikTok is officially made as of today. So you could be seeing us promoting our TikTok very soon as well. Uh, But but follow us on the socials, MR Wrestling Pod. And then, uh, yeah, keep in tune with us. But we really appreciate you. And that's another wrap on uh, another review show. So we're almost at episode 30. This week will be on episode 30. Everyone's putting their ones up. You know, I'm a little disappointed with our tribal chief. But we'll see him on uh, We'll see him on Friday back on TV. As always, gents, we appreciate you. Thanks so much. <laughs>